Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Past few weeks as a church we've been looking at being a people of God, a people of power, a people of grace. Today I'm going to be looking at being a people of mercy. Now, a lot of people have asked, how is it going, how is it going? Because actually, a lot of people know that I have struggled with this preach more than the... I've done two before, more than those two. And I think the first thing was because the other two I had a piece of scripture to preach on. This one I haven't, it's just been on mercy and there's loads of stuff on mercy. And, uh, and in my little strange head, mercy's been very much close to what Owen preached on a few weeks ago, which was grace. Um, now everyone that I've spoke to have given me this little statement, and it must be a statement that goes around churches or whatever. Um, grace is getting something we don't deserve, i.e. God's wrath. We deserve God's wrath due to our sin. But we got much more. We got forgiveness plus uh, we receive righteousness, etc. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. That sounds the same, but when we look at it closely, not much in it for me. But I'm not going to dwell on that because I have dwelt on it for weeks. But the other thing that's strange about this and that's been coming to mind while uh, the service has been going on and stuff is that bit about you, what you were saying about us. When are we going to step into this? And I'm going to just mention this because I did have like a paragraph here. But I am going to mention this because a long time ago I was told that I'm in the job that I'm meant to be in. God has placed me where I'm meant to be. But I ain't seen no, nothing change. Do you know what I mean? In terms of people being saved or whatever. It hasn't happened. But here we go. Let me just say, being a people... A people of mercy has brought up much discussion at work as well. Because I haven't just asked you guys, what's the difference between grace and mercy? What's an act of mercy, etc.? And, and so there's been this great discussion at work over the last week or so. And everyone who's engaged in the discussion felt that great, grace was much greater than mercy. And it is, we can all agree to that. But they couldn't define... Uh, why that was people at church the closest we got to and this kind of changes the subject a little bit the closest we got in agreement to what an act of human mercy was is was to help others yeah was to help others who are not able to help themselves and that an act of mercy by God was to deliver people out of their current discomfort situation distress etc even one of our psychiatrists agreed to that. There was a lot of discussion going on. I took it everywhere. I asked everybody. I thought it was really great looking back on it. Mercy in the dictionary is defined as leniency and compassion shown towards offenders by a person or agency charged with administering justice. He threw himself at the, at the mercy of the court, etc., is an act of mercifulness. Another one is a disposition to be kind and forgiving. 
In these days, a wife had to depend on the mercy of her husband. Mercifulness. The feeling that motivates compassion. Mercifulness. Alleviation of distress, showing great kindness towards the distressed, i.e. distributing food if there was a flood or something like that, is an act of mercy. Now, as working that, I think we got pretty close to that, yeah? If we were to look through the Bible, we would be clearly be shown many examples, I mean, it's full of it, of examples that would show the dictionary's definition of mercy as clear characteristics of our God, yeah? And we get a clear example of this when we read Exodus 25, verse 17 to 22. And we're talking about the, the mercy seat here, yeah? The Bible informs us that the Ark of the Covenant, a mercy seat, was kept in the Holy of Holies, the temple's innermost sanctuary. And then it's got two words what that means, but I can't read them, so I'm not even going to attempt to say it. Which was separated from the rest of the temple by a thick curtain. Got another word, not saying it, won't get close. Because the ark and the mercy seat were associated with the presence of Yahweh, God, who would appear in a cloud upon or above the mercy seat. The original Hebrew word translated as mercy seat is pronounced, I'm going to have a go at this one, kaporath. Have you heard of that? Kaporath. And it means to cover in two ways. As a noun, it means a lid. And the mercy seat was lived for the ark, I think. Uh, or a top. But also based on the Hebrew root form, which is, was derived as a verb, meaning to pardon or to atone for, to cover a debt. The Holy of Holies could be entered by the Jewish high priest, at first Aaron and later his successors, one at a time, in order to sprinkle the blood of a sacrificial bull or animals onto the seat as an atonement for himself and his family, the other priests, the tabernacle, and the people of Israel. God asked that there was animals be sacrificed once yearly to atone for the sin of the Jewish people. The blood of animals was sprinkled onto the mercy seat. The point conveyed by the imagery is that it is only through the offering of blood at that time that condemnation of the law could be taken away and violation of God's laws covered. So that it would appear that God's mercy with regards to mercy seat centers around a God who offers a way for reconciliation and forgiveness, not just for the individual, but for a nation. I think mercy is much, 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 much more than that. I mean, that is unbelievable. But there's, there's a couple of other bits. A quick aside, did you know, and Owen told me this, did you know that the Salvation Army have a mercy seat in their halls when they meet? Uh, which is in the form of a bench. This is, place, this is a place provided where people can kneel, as if symbolically kneeling in front of the, at the foot of the cross, to pray, seek salvation, or sanctification from God. And it's usually situated between the platform um, and main area. Uh, and many of the halls as a, as a focal point to remind all of God's reconciling and redeeming presence. But let's get back on track. Romans 9, God's sovereign grace, God's sovereign choice, verse 6 says, 
But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham. Because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said about About this time next year I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah has conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac. Through they were not yet born and had had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls... This doesn't sound like English to me. Every time I read it, it doesn't sound English. I, I was going to get another Bible that had a more. But this is, how, this is what's written in the Bible. So was told, the older will serve the younger, as it is written. Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Powerful words this. But what shall I say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses... I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then... He has mercy on whoever he wills, and he hardens whoever he wills. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is moulded say to the moulder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out, the sa- to make out of the same lump one vessel for honourable use and another for dishonourable. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with, his, with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the richness of his glory for vessels of mercy which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Even those whom he has called not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles, as indeed he says in Isaiah. And then I've got another paragraph that kind of talks about that a little bit. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on who I have mercy. To the Pharaoh, I made you so that I could show my power to exalt my name. When I read all this, I was reminded one, because I have read it before and I used to quote, God saying to the Pharaoh, I made you so that I could actually come against you and show you, show the world my power and be glorified. But I was reminded when I read it of the omnipotence of our God, how powerful he is. Yeah? And that God uses, you know, um, and he's all, all of his power that he made Pharaoh what he was to glorify him. It would appear, reading this, that it is not just Christian that God uses to glorify his name, but, also, but all people from birth to death. 
the Pharaoh, I built you from birth to death to glorify his name. On reading this, I suppose the question for small group this week is, are we of ourselves merciful or is it an act of God? Do we have a choice? Acts, verse, Acts 11 verse 27 says this, Now in the days of prophets came, in the, these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Is that how you pronounce it? Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judah. And they did so sending it to the elders by the hand of uh, Barnabas and Joel. Yeah? So they were told by the Spirit that there was going to be a famine and they uh, had mercy on them. Uh, a clear act of mercy but led by the Spirit I think, isn't it? The Spirit told them this was going to happen. In Mark 5, verse 1 to 18, talks about Jesus healing a man. He was full of demons and, uh, and, and Jesus drove them out into some pigs. Ran down a steep hill, jumped into the sea and were killed. Verse 18 says this. As Jesus, as he, but Jesus, was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with the demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim to their, can't read the word, how much, how much Jesus had done for him, and everybody marveled. Yeah? So these acts of mercy are to glorify our God. Our God is merciful. And he does all of these things for his glory. What a healing and a clear example of God's mercy. Matthew 5 says this. In the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus preached in verse 7. Blessed be the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. In reading all of this, what I was kind of reminded about, or I'm thinking about is, do we, uh, is it us that has mercy or God. And I got to the thinking that it's God, yeah? And so I was reminded though, and I've sat here this morning, we're all praying before church, yeah? And every prayer that I hear, I could have put the word mercy in there. Lord, may we, Lord have mercy that we may. Or whatever you can, but I've heard the word very clearly. And it encourages me that I hear prayers, petitions to God. For an act of mercy, not just for Christians, not just for our church and stuff, but for friends, colleagues, neighbours, the sick. That encouraged me when I hear that at church. Father, have mercy on so and so. Have mercy on them, Lord. I've been praying for a woman at our work who was talking to Corin about it the other day. I've been praying for her for ages. She's got a bad back. And uh, she's even got a chair adapted. It's got some adapted little aids so that she can sit and do her work comfortably. And as I've been praying for her, I've noticed bits of the chair go missing, like the cushiony bit there and the head bit there. And uh, I'm not going to read these words, I'm just going to share it. And, uh, and I did mention to her, so it looks like your back's feeling a bit better. Yeah, yeah, thanks for your prayer. No, thank God I've been saying. And... Uh, 
And then a couple of days ago, I noticed her hobbling about. She was in quite pain. And uh, because we've been discussing mercy at work, it's been the subject. And, uh, but I said to her, right, I'm going to see someone now, this kid. I've got to drive there. On the way, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God have mercy on you and that the pain goes. When I was telling Corinne, she went, that's a bit bold, that, isn't it? But I didn't think of it at the time. I just did it. I trusted God. When I got back, I noticed her not hobbling. But she hadn't noticed she wasn't hobbling. I went, how's your back? She went, oh, I hadn't noticed. I went, don't forget you need to thank God. That's what it's all about. God wants to be glorified for his greatness, his kindness, his grace. Oh, for the God that he is, that we know him that he is. Now, I don't know if she did it or not. But after reflecting on the priest, I feel that it's... It's my role in some way to remind others of God's mercy so that they marvel and glorify his name. This last bit, this definition, uh, the alleviation of distress, showing great kindness towards distressed, distributing food, etc. uh, is an act of mercy. And again I was reminded of this little thing that happened at work. It's the way that non-Christians refer to acts of mercy, I think. Yeah. Many a time when we're asked, what we believe with regards to who's going to get into heaven, yeah? And, uh, and we'll kind of respond, we'll say that it's those that believe. Yeah? Believed and born again. That's what we believe, yeah? Uh, baptized with the Holy Spirit will enter the kingdom of heaven. And they'll respond by saying, but what about so-and-so? And we'll have that question that always goes around, what about Mother Teresa? I haven't got a clue. Yeah? But, he, but what's very clear in the Bible is, those that believe and have been baptised. Yeah? Who knows God as Jesus as their saviour, etc. I was in work a month or so back. A co-worker. I was, we were making a brew and this co-worker goes to me. I'm a good man, you know. And I thought, what? I was just tucking about. He went, I'm a good man. I give to the poor and of myself. It wasn't his words, I've wrote it like this, but it was something like that. Now I'm not sure why he said it. However, I had mentioned God at some point. I don't know the context that morning. But I think knowing I was a Christian, I was under the impression that in what he was saying, he was saying a bit something like, I'm like you, I'm Christian type. I'm not saying he was a Christian, but Christian type. Now Matthew, the topic of salvation is for another day. However, I think the important bit here is, Matthew 5 verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if that salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltness be restored? is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on the people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before the others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who lives in heaven. Yeah? I'd like to think that whatever had happened that morning was a light to someone 
if not more, in the house. However, it's not about me. Verse 16 says that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Not about us. It's about God's glory. Our God wishes to be praised, glorified, thanked, etc. For all the good that he does. So to be a people of mercy is to reflect God and bring glory to his name. Now there's a little bit in here about in the past I felt that due to the Holy Spirit living in us and dwelling within us and of being made in God's image that we'd naturally respond to recognised need. Someone needs something and we would just kind of respond. However, I'm not sure now. <laughs> of all the needs in the world, and there's loads, yeah? Things are happening all over the place. We give or we don't give. Of all the needs in the world, why is it that I have a heart for India, for example? Corinne has a heart for Bluebell Wood, for example. You all have your bits. I'm thinking it's because God's placed that there. I'm like that now. Is it God? But getting back to the subject of being a people of mercy, I was thinking that maybe this preacher should have been called something like um, being a people who displays God's mercy. It's not us. It's God. Yeah? This isn't a long preach this morning. But there was a real thing in the, there's a real thing when I was studying this. I mean, I'd like to say one little bit on the side. The opportunity I've had to share God's word because of this preach has been unbelievable. I couldn't have imagined what God's done with this. And it's not about the preach. I actually think the more of it has all been about out there and work. And, and there's a big comp at our golf course this morning. I've been playing well lately and they've been going, you're playing in the comp Sunday? No, I'm preaching. Oh, what are you preaching on? The opportunities that God's given me over the last two or three weeks has just been unbelievable. And this guy said to me, oh, you're a Christian? I went, yeah, he said, what kind? I keep being asked, what kind over the last few weeks? Uh, I'm born again. I'm saying it. I have been baptised. I am born again. That's how you get to heaven. That's what I know. I've been taught and feel. And, uh, and they've been adding. I, I kind of believe in God. And I've not been pushing. This one guy I was playing golf with on Tuesday night, I kind of believe in God. And then I didn't do now, and then at the end of it, it came up again, and he, he uh, said that he had been going to church, etc. For, for when, he, when he was getting married, he, he went to church for a period of time, but he was a bit unsure. So another woman, our clinical lead, came up to me and asked me something about um, what I believed. I just think, you know, when, when you were saying this morning, what are we going to do? And God's been saying, I, I just think that we just need to do, we just need to say it out loud. God, I've always said in our small group that God gives us opportunities. The, 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 the Bible has so much in it that we can connect it to anything. Anything, any subject that comes up, we can pop God in there, anywhere. And I just felt that when I was, when I was preparing this and the discussions, maybe that struggle that God gave me made it so that I had to speak to people. He has me right there. I've got this in there and I haven't even run it out. And I was thinking, you know, when people say God's got you in the palm of his hand. After reading this about the Pharaoh and all of that, I'm thinking, he does. I have to remember, if he can do all of that, 
from beginning to end, life to death, etc. When they say he's got you in the palm of his hand, and this isn't mercy preach, what a God. What a God that does all of that. And we shouldn't. We fear. We can't trust. We, do you know what I mean? Ooh, can't do that. He's got you right there. Everything. I just, honestly, I was in awe. I was sat. Johnny, you came in and I went, City won the cup. You went, yeah. How could you score two goals in the last minute? It's not to do with football. The thing is, after we'd done it, I sat in awe. Yeah, after City won that game, I sat shocked. When I read this, I was in awe of the God that we've got. I forgot, and I do forget about God, unless it's, you know, there's a, I don't know, I miss it sometimes. But when I wrote them words down, God did all that. I thought, oh my word, what a God. How amazing is, is that? Beginning to end, life, death, Alpha, Omega, the words just come pouring out. But what a God we've got. I just think it's absolutely amazing, honestly. There is a bit in there about mercy. You work it out, think about it. Maybe your, your groups can have a think. Is it us or is it God? But I know that. And the points here are, mercy is much more than forgiveness. It's about praying, petitioning for God to heal, to bless, to deliver, to relieve, to save. To save. Let's not forget that one. Uh, and to listen to God's quiet voice and respond to God's prompts. What God places on our hearts with regards to having mercy towards others. Because he will. And it may be someone that you're not happy with, but he will. And you have that choice then about whether you're going to or not. Yeah, forgive him. Go and say, no, I don't want Go and say hello to him. You'll have heard it, because I do. I'm just sharing from my experience. If I have it, you have it, because we're all the same, aren't we? Go and forgive them. I'm not doing that. Hey, we get up and have that thing here. We can, or every now and again, communion. Yeah, have mercy. Let them go. Yeah, listen to God. Move in God's will. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk.